0: The Lord be with you, reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake at Gethsemane. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets getting into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat after he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. You have heard, probably, that humility is a great virtue that brings about holiness. For me, simply defined, humility is simply recognizing who is the creature and who is the creator. Recognizing that we are created by God, and as such, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God has a plan for our lives and that our purpose is to listen to God and try to follow the master rather than be the master. That's how I define humility. Humility is hard to come by, though, in my experience. And we can perhaps be naturally humble or humble through prayer, but sometimes... It is also my belief that life humbles us. And we have difficult moments that challenge us to surrender to a higher power. I think that's what's happening in today's gospel. Jesus, not Jesus, Peter is a professional fisherman. He has boats. He has people working for him. He has partners. And he worked all night. It's a long time. And caught nothing. And then this stranger, who is God, gets into the boat and says, oh, just go on out. Go to the deep and cast your nets. Peter says, I I know all about this, mister. There ain't no fish out there. But if you say so, I'll give it a try. And what happens? They not only catch fish, but they caught probably more fish than Peter has ever caught in a single day. Tearing the nets, both boats sinking. And that moment caused him to recognize that this stranger was someone more powerful than he and he says master or he says Lord depart from me I am a sinful man he comes to recognize Jesus is God who can do these great things but he also comes to recognize I think that his life up until that point has missed the mark he's being humbled Because I don't know about you, this happens to me, that when I think I know how to do something, and I work my hardest at it, and then someone else, even a little kid, comes up and does it, (laughs) I rarely go, oh, thank you, you're so great. I say, how come I couldn't do that? And I fight. We have a tendency to really think we're in control of our lives, and by our strength and power, we can do it all. But Jesus calls all of us to surrender to a higher power and to apply everything we have and are and have been and will be to his service. Now, I also think that what happened to Peter is a little deeper than just this gospel passage presents and it's a beautiful part of Luke's Gospel remember you may in Mark and Matthew Jesus is simply walking by the river not the lake and he says come follow me and the disciples drop everything they have and they follow him really hard to believe isn't it but it helps us recognize how completely we are called to follow Christ but in Luke's Gospel It's powerful for me. Remember at the beginning, Luke says, I'm going to lay it out in an orderly fashion. Passages prior to this, Jesus and Peter have already met. Peter, it implies, met Jesus in church at the synagogue. And then after the synagogue, they went to Peter's house. Jesus cures Peter's mother-in-law. And then at the house of Peter, he starts preaching, and people come, and at night, he's healing them. And so, Peter is already familiar with Jesus. He's heard about Jesus. He's seen miracles. He's heard about the miracles. But to some extent, my interpretation, Jesus is still part of his church life, not really entering his work life and his life, like many, can be compartmentalized. But Jesus comes into his boat at work and performs a miracle that helps him recognize that this person he's coming to know is truly God and is the reason for my life. And he has the humility to get down on his knees to accept and recognize him as Lord, someone who can give his life Purpose and meaning and he leaves everything and orients his whole life around serving that God that's a powerful step on the road to discipleship we come to know Jesus and are familiar with him but at some point life has a way of humbling us where ideally we recognize Jesus as Lord of our life comes into our boat. And we have a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ that shapes our entire life. And it's like going out into the deep. It's taking our life to a new level, giving it meaning and purpose. Because what it takes us years to do, God can do like that. He wants to direct all of our actions so they are super abundant. Super abundant not only for our well-being but for the good of the world, for the good of his kingdom. I call this D-camp. You know how you go to summer camp? This is divine camp. God wants to give us divine companionship, assistance, meaning, and purpose. D-camp. But it's tough, and it's a challenge. God wants us to leave everything behind and follow him. And Peter had to take a risk. God was saying, let's go out and cast your nets. Peter said, that makes no sense to me, right? From a worldly point of view, sometimes following God and trusting in him, rather than thinking first about our own security, is contrary to what we've naturally would believe we have to take a risk and when we take that risk God works miracles in our lives that helps us recognize who he is and how much power he truly has and that our life is doesn't have its full meaning and purpose unless we orient our whole life around that how do we orient our whole life around that I think this scripture passage teaches us a few more things. Peter was a fisherman, and Jesus made him a fisherman for the kingdom of God, fisherman for people. All of us have education. All of us have skills and talents, things we've learned. God is inviting us to go out into the deep by using that education those skills those talents those experiences both the good and the bad to somehow serve his kingdom and bring people in to the kingdom of God and so for many people it's going to be everyone it's going to be different some examples that come to my mind i often hear of musicians movie makers Actors, how does someone in that profession use those skills and talents to build up the world? You can use those to make music that's against God. You can use it to make music or movies that are popular, or you can use it to make movies and music that really promote the kingdom of God. And so, orienting your life is how do your gifts and talents build up the world? Other examples I've seen... Um, employers to use your employment to give people who don't have the same opportunities a chance—be they minorities, be they reformed addicts or incarcerated. Other examples to use your gifts not so much for the corporate world that maximizes profit, but to use them for companies that could be for-profit or nonprofit that have a greater mission and purpose and maybe the pays a little bit less. Or maybe much simpler, fathers and mothers using their gifts to teach their children the faith, and to do it and get their whole family involved in many ways. The list goes on and on. How do we use our gifts and talents to build up the world? And finally, this passage teaches us a little bit more. Peter didn't do this overnight even though Matthew and Mark imply they did. Peter slowly got to know Jesus, and Peter listened to the word of God. This is key and fundamental in our road to discipleship, because it is a huge step to, give your to- you leave everything and give your total life to God. It's not meant to be a sacrifice. It's meant to be a response to an encounter of God in love. And we cannot have that encounter of God in love unless we start putting ourselves in the place where it might happen. We need to pray. We need to pick up the scriptures. We need to put ourselves in the gospels and allow Jesus to love us, to stand below the cross, to see his love for us, and say, Lord, come into my boat. Be the master of my life. Have the courage to do that. Come to know him slowly. And then one day we have a moment where our life is opened up before us, and we see that perhaps we could have done better. God doesn't want us to feel bad about the past, though. The encounter makes us feel good about the future. He forgives us of our sins or our failings or our shortcomings, but invites us to go out into the deep, to know him, to love him, to share that love of him with others, and to use our gifts and our talents to build up the kingdom.